Welcome to the Brain Trust Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. Whether you're a leader, a coach, a salesperson, or even a parent, this podcast focuses on how to leverage the science of decision making to help you become a more impactful communicator and a driving force for change. All right, welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. And today's special guest is someone that many of you might already know. Uh, He's pseudo famous, especially uh, in football circles on the West Coast. And and I'm starting as a Buckeye here in Ohio, I'm starting to get a little bit um, of a complex. And now this is the second USC Trojan that we've had uh, after Anthony Munoz. But uh, Ben Malcolmson is our guest today. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear Ben's story um, and his journey and his his entire life of change and how how God has used him in an impactful way to help other people. So, so Ben, thank you so much for being on the Driving Change podcast. Oh, it's so good to be with you, Jeff, and uh, it's good to be with all the listeners out there. That's awesome. So for those of you who don't know, I'm going to let Ben tell his story in detail, but Ben uh, is a former USC Trojan. Uh, he's got a book we'll share with you at the end of the podcast that, that'll knock your socks off, uh, an upcoming movie that's made after his story. And he's somebody that if you don't get encouragement after listening to the next 35 minutes of Ben and I talk about his story, um, um, then I don't know when you're ever going to get. Uh, I used to have a former <clears throat> pastor tell you, if this doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. So I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for Ben to share his story. So Ben, tell us a little bit of your backstory there at USC and, and what was the impetus of, of the, the, the journey you're going to take us on today? Yeah, so I was a, just a normal student, uh, just trying to find my way through college. and uh, Floundered freshman year. I changed my major four times and just didn't know which way was left and right. I was just a typical 18-year-old trying to find my way. and I stumbled into journalism. I wanted to be a sports writer because I figured I couldn't play sports anymore. So I want to get as close as I can to sports maybe I'll be a sports writer and uh, start studying journalism. And I get to write for the school newspaper there, the daily Trojan. Uh, Soon enough, they assigned me to cover the football team. And so there I was the beat writer for the football team. And for those next three years, uh, it was an incredible run because it was the mid two thousand. So it was right when USC was in their, their glory days, they won 34 straight games and three straight national championship football games. They, they lost the third one in the last 19 seconds to Texas. I'm sure many of your listeners will remember that game, but uh, it was just an incredible time to be there. And I was just so fortunate, just right place at the right time. And it was amazing. And so there I was gearing up to graduate and I was going to go on and be a sports journalist somewhere, right for a newspaper and uh, needed to write my final story for the school newspaper. I needed to, to go out with a bang. I couldn't just write a little story and, and leave. I needed to write, kind of my crown jewel. What was my last article going to be? And I saw an alert for walk-on tryouts for the football team were coming up and walk-ons end of the bench guys. They don't get scholarships to play. And uh, every football team, division one football team has about 15 to 20 walk-ons. And There's never articles written about these guys. So I was like, why don't I write an article about these guys, especially the guys that are going through this tryout. They do an open casting call. Just anyone can try out. And so I figured, well, why don't I, shine some light on these guys. This might be a pretty cool story. And so I started interviewing some guys and it was going to be a really cool story. But then uh, I got a a light bulb went off in my head. Well, why don't I go through the tryout myself, get a first person perspective, really bring people on the inside. And it'll be a joke because here I am, the student newspaper reporter going through the tryouts for the number one team in the country. 
And on top of that, I mean, I hadn't played football since fifth grade. So it was going to be a total joke. I mean, I could just make fun of myself and it would just, it would be great material for this story. And so I go through the tryout and I'm getting my butt kicked. I mean, I, I had never run a 40 yard dash in my life. <laughs> I, I had never run a post route in my life. Uh, three cone drills. And I mean, we're doing all these stretches during warmups that are, I'm like, I've, this is crazy. It's like, I'm going to yoga class or something. It's just, it's wild. So there I was uh, just trying to survive the tryout so I could get home that night and write the article. And I woke up the next morning, just eager to put my finishing touches on the article because it was it, seriously, I had a gold mine. I mean, I got to try out for the best football team in the country. I had coach Pete Carroll yelling at me. I mean, this was incredible. And uh, I get a phone call early that next morning saying, is this Ben Malcolmson? And I was like, yeah. And the lady on the other end of the line was like, well, you made the football team. <laughs> and it was yeah i laughed too because there's there's just no way it's got to be a joke i mean i just everything was stacked against me i hadn't played in 11 years and i was going through the tryout just to write a an article and this was the number one team in the country i mean everything there's no way this is right, real. There's right. no possible way so the, the lady is she's like no, no no your name's on the list you made the team you got to come check in so i hopped on my bike pedal as fast as i can over the football building and it hits me about halfway there that Coach Carroll, he's renowned for pulling pranks. I mean, if you watch football today, you see him, he's 68 years old and he's a kid at heart. I mean, he's right. running around the sideline, jumping around. Imagine him 13 years ago, he was even more of a kid. So here he is. What better target to pull a prank on than, than a student newspaper reporter who's going through the tryout? So there I was just fully gearing up to get the rug pulled out from underneath. Like, here's Coach Carroll. I'm going to get pranked. There's going to be cameras there and he's you know just it's gonna be on youtube that night i'm gonna be a, a laughing stock and so I'm, i walk up the steps and there's coach carroll with a big old grin on his face i was like, okay coach good joke nice one prank's <laughs> over i can i can turn my story in now right he's like no 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 you're you, you you can catch the ball you can run fast we want you on the team are you in it's like what the heck this is crazy here's one of the best college football coaches at the time telling me that i could play football this is wild wow so all of a sudden there i am uh, i go from a student newspaper reporter to a, a wide receiver on the number one team in the country holy smokes so that that fifth grade was the last time you, you, you <laughs> yeah. hadn't played football since fifth grade yeah it's just it doesn't make sense at all <laughs> now you must have been you you're probably being humble you must have been really fast because i mean my i know my nephew played on the ohio state national championship team and i know the division one level, that's where you were like the, that team of the Buckeyes. That was where you were with the Trojans that year. That's that team, right? They were that good. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you had to be a little bit faster than maybe you're letting on. <laughs> I, would think. I was, I was quick, but I mean, I definitely hadn't played football in 11 years. So, uh, the football thing was hard. I mean, showing up, you, you I get handed my helmet and my pads. I didn't know which way was front and back on the pads. I mean, it's like, I was just a fish out of water. I get handed <laughs> my playbook. It's like, trying to learn another language. I was like, what is going on here? This is crazy. And I'm out my first practice. I'm getting popped, you know, just a helmet right to the chin. And I'm laying there face up on the field. And I, I, I kind of felt victorious. I was like, wow, I survived. You know, like I didn't die and nothing broke here. So right. I think I can do this. And so there I was, I was, I was figuring it out. And, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely an uphill battle though. <laughs> wow. So, you make the team. It's not a joke. At least it wasn't a joke initially. You knew that. Pete, Pete, Coach <laughs> Pete confirmed that. 
Uh, and what, what were you feeling like? L- let me ask you at this point, because you're, you're getting ready to graduate, right? Yeah. Uh, this is your last year. This was going to be your swan song story. And now all of a sudden, here you are completely in a different path and a different plan than you had for where you thought your life was, go- was going. Yeah. What's going through your mind now as the season starts? What's next? What happens? Yeah, well, I actually ended up getting hurt at the end of spring practice. I dislocated my shoulder and I had started to believe and started to take hold of this that, wow, I could actually do this. Like I was starting to learn the playbook and starting to gain some weight. And, um, and then all of a sudden my shoulder dislocates, I have to get emergency reconstructive surgery. And the recovery time from that was nine months. So I was out, like the whole season was over before it even began. And I was a senior. So I only had that one year to play. So I was crushed because I thought this was my new life, but I just devoted myself to the rehab and I had heard stories like, people sometimes can get back faster than the doctors say. And it's like, maybe I could be one of those guys. Maybe I can get back for the last couple of weeks of the season or something. And four and a half months after the surgery. So right at the start of the season, week one of the season, I'm seeing my doctor and he's like, what? I can't believe the surgery was only in April. Um, Cause you're totally healthy. This, I've never seen anything like this before. You actually healed up. So in four and a half months, half the time they thought I was totally healthy. So it was a miraculous healing. And there I was back playing on the football team, practicing, running out of the tunnel at the Coliseum. It was incredible. I was so fortunate. All right. So you have this, this what would be a career ending. Well, if you're, it was a short career for you anyways. <laughs> uh, but you come back like in half the time. So you start, you got, your wheels have to be turning, right? That, okay, you know, there must be something bigger afoot here at this point. I get to do this. I get to finish. There must be another reason why I'm, I'm still here. Oh, 100%. And almost from the moment I found out I was on the team, after it was confirmed that it wasn't a prank, I had this sense just deep in my heart that there was a purpose for me there, that if, if they needed just another wide receiver, there were other guys they could have picked. But it felt like I had a purpose there. There was a nudge on my heart, something kind of knocking on, on the door of my heart that I was there for a purpose. And then when I get through this rehab process in half the time, it was even more confirmation. Okay, I'm definitely here for a purpose. There's got to be a reason I'm here. And so I was pressing into it right from the start. I mean, I, especially when I got back, I had this renewed sense of, of calling, you know, I was there for something bigger than just playing football. And so I was, I was trying to tell my teammates, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a man of faith and a man of God and I, I, I'm following Jesus with my life. And so I figured, okay, maybe my faith has something to do with my purpose. And so I'm inviting my teammates to a Bible study, but no one showed up. I'm inviting them to a prayer group, but no one showed up I'm trying to just be <laughs> a, a good friend and trying to, to just love my teammates well, but I'm not seeing any fruit to my labors and I'm, I'm questioning my purpose. And I know that that you can resonate with this, Jeff, and I know our listeners out there can resonate, but you feel like you're called to something. You feel like you have a purpose in something, but then you don't see the results and you don't yeah. see the fruit. And a lot of times, most of the time, you don't see the results to, to your work and you feel like you have a purpose, but then sometimes you start doubting. And I know for me, I was discouraged and doubting a lot. Like maybe I'm not here for a purpose. Maybe Maybe I'm just supposed to be a football player, but it, it felt like there was some calling on my life bigger than that. And it was hard. It was really hard because I wasn't seeing the fruit to that. Yeah, and I, I, you're absolutely right. I think so many people can relate to that, that they, they know there's something more for them. They, they, they can feel it. They can sense it. And they start to even think they're going in that direction, but then they don't see any evidence that they're heading yeah. in the right direction at all. Uh, but then if, if you're like most people, which you are from your story, I know the story, uh, and, and myself, and I, and I coach a lot of people on this, but then all of a sudden, you start to see a road sign along the highway. It just gives you a glimpse that, okay, I think I might be traveling in the right direction. 
Uh, but it's still difficult, and you had to face a ton of those moments, right? Of yeah, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Like, why am I here? Yeah. Uh, and, and so we're so you make the team, you go through the injury, you're back on the field, you're back with your teammates, and th- th- t- tell us the rest of that story that that season. What happens? Yeah. So I mean, I had faced all these road bumps. Just it, it felt like one wall after another. The injury in itself, and then the Bible study that no one showed up to, the prayer group no one showed up to seeing no results. And then we're at the end of the season, we get chosen to play in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. And just a few weeks before the Rose Bowl, I get this idea that I'm going to give all my teammates a Bible and I'm going to put one in every te- every single one of my teammates' lockers. And, and maybe that's my purpose. And as I'm placing them in every single locker, I went in middle of the night on Christmas Eve. I didn't want anyone to know that it was me doing it. And so I placed one in every locker and I was just fired up because as I was doing that, this that sense on my heart, that nudge on my heart that I had a purpose there was reinvigorated. And I knew I was so confident that that was my purpose to be on that team, to place a Bible on every single one of my teammates' lockers. And I was so fired up because God had put me on that team for a purpose and brought me through all these challenges, but he had finally brought me to to the the reason I was there. And so we get in uh, from Christmas break just two days later and um, I'm so excited to walk into the locker room, just fully expecting my purpose to be revealed. You know, <laughs> like finally I get to see the fruit to my labor and I walk in and it was the total opposite. I walk in and there's, there's Bibles just ripped up, shredded all over the floor. Mm. could barely even see the carpet because all you saw were shredded pages of the Bibles everywhere. And I was devastated because once again, I had tried to find my purpose and I had failed miserably. And this one was embarrassing because all the teammates saw it and it was, it was tragic. It would just rip my heart out. And so we go through the rest of that week and I'm just trudging through the week, just defeated, absolutely discouraged that I missed my purpose. And I, maybe I wasn't there for a reason. And uh, we played the game. The game was awesome. We won the game, but I had missed my purpose and it was, it was heartbreaking. And I know that, that you can resonate with that. There's moments in your life, Jeff, and, and the people listening out there, you just feel like, man, did I miss the reason I was here? And it was, it was so hard. And then a few days later, I find out that a teammate of mine, Mario, he was our kicker on the team, one of my closest friends on the team. He had tragically and mysteriously died just a few mm. days after the Rose Bowl and wow. 21 years old and um, just a mystery passing. And uh, it was utterly heartbreaking because now not only was I dealing with man, I, I missed my purpose, but now I'm dealing with grief and losing a friend and a teammate and it was crushing. And, uh, we go to his funeral a few days later as a team. And I, I look up as this casket passes by down the center aisle. And I see through my tears on top of the casket was the Bible that I placed in his locker. And I had no idea what it meant at the time, but it just felt like it was like a little comforting touch from God just saying, Hey, I saw you, you know, and, just kind of keep me moving and, and help me get through that process. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 um, it just, it really, it was a very moving time and, uh, helped me just grieve and, and move through that and ended up working for coach Carroll there at USC for a couple of years. Um, and then he took the job with Seattle Seahawks in 2010, asked me to move up to Seattle with him. Um, I didn't know anyone when I moved up to Seattle. Uh, and so I was just desperate to, to meet people and make friends. And, um, I, I had kind of set aside that, that chapter of my life in a sense, because of the defeat and the discouragement. And it was nice to be in a new place. And I, I come across this group called young life. It was a high school mentorship program. They needed volunteer leaders. And 
I had nothing to do with my time. So I was like, yeah, count me in. I'll, I'll join this Young Life group. And I uh, show up at this informational meeting for volunteer leaders. And a former teammate of mine walks through the door. And I was like, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. And his name was Taylor. He was our punter on the team. And I didn't know he was living in Seattle. He didn't know I was living in Seattle. And we were reconnecting. And we kind of removed ourselves from this meeting. And he starts to tell me, he's like, dude, my life has totally turned around the last few years. And I was like, well, what happened? He's like, do you remember the last week we were on the team together? There were Bibles in all of our lockers. And my heart dropped. You know, <laughs> like I, I hadn't thought about those Bibles really since seeing on top of Mario's casket four years earlier because those Bibles symbolize discouragement, defeat, and uh, just lack of purpose. You know, it was a very challenging season of my life. Even though it was fun and exciting being a part of the football team, I had missed my purpose, like my higher calling. And so when he said that, I just, my gut reaction was just to play dumb. So I was like, yeah, I kind of remember those Bibles, not really sure. And he starts to tell me that, that he grew up going to church. And when he went to college, he decided to turn and walk away from his faith and live life on his own terms. And so he sees a Bible in his locker that day and kind of threw it aside, not thinking much of it. Just kind of like, I, didn't, I don't need this. And he's going out to the practice field that morning. Thought he's the last one in the locker room. And here's a voice in the back corner of the locker room going, what is this? And he turns around and it's Mario, our kicker, sitting in his locker, thumbing through the Bible going, what is this? Now, Taylor, this guy I'm reconnecting with four years later, he's our punter. And Mario being our kicker, they spent all their time together. They're best of friends. And Taylor screams across the locker room, Mario, come on, man. Have you never seen a Bible before? And Mario's like, no, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Mm. So Taylor said for some reason he felt a nudge on his heart to set down his helmet and his pads there at the doorstep of the locker room and turn around and walk back and sit down next to Mario. And for the next 45 minutes, took him through the Bible, every word written and read of the words of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the, the one who came to die to make you right with God, take on your sins, to give you new life. And I mean, keep in mind, I mean, Taylor hadn't gone to church in four years. He hadn't opened up a Bible himself in four years, but all those seeds that were planted in his life as a kid came out bearing fruit in that moment to reach Mario in that moment. And Taylor said for the rest of that week, Mario couldn't put the Bible down. Every spare moment he had, he was reading the Bible, asking questions. And he had encountered God in a new way mm. that week and started a relationship with God that week in a way that he had never experienced before. And Taylor had as a front row seat to all this. His best friend is encountering God, starting a relationship with God. And then a few days later, he gets the same phone call I did that his best friend, Mario, had passed away. And in that moment, everything came into focus for Taylor, that he had a purpose in Mario's final days, that Taylor had incredible purpose in his life going forward to share a story like this. And here he is telling me the story four years later, and I'm on the verge of tears at this, at this point. And I'm like, Taylor, that's the craziest story I've ever heard. And it's even crazier because I was one to put the Bible in the locker and I thought I was a total failure all along. And I mean, it's just, that, that's the way our God works. God has an incredible purpose for each and every one of us. He has an incredible purpose for you, Jeff, and the work that you're doing on this podcast, away from this podcast, for every single person listening right now. God has an amazing purpose for you. And most of the time, 99% of the time, we won't see the results. The, the one plus one equals two. It just doesn't work like that in God's mathematics. Right. He, he works way bigger and way, way beyond anything we can comprehend in the moment. And every once in a while, he gives us a story like this to encourage us to just say, keep walking on. Just keep taking those steps of faith. I have great purpose for you. And so um, this story is, is one that's changed my life forever, obviously, because 
I need to hear it every single time that everything I'm doing, God is calling me to a purpose, whether I can see the results or not. And I hope it encourages you today, Jeff, and, and the people out there listening. Uh, it certainly is is to me, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think I just want to pause for a minute, and I want to reflect back on this story. And and I, and the listeners out there, uh, my guess is that they can identify with somebody in the story, some path, and maybe maybe you're like Taylor who you knew of God, but you weren't living like you knew of God in, in that moment. But then God still used you in a powerful way to show you that you're never too far for him to rescue you and use you for a purpose, which turned Taylor back on the right path, if, even though he might have veered off the wrong exit for a couple of seasons. Uh, and, and now because of that, he still was used that maybe that's you listening out there. Maybe you're like Mario and you don't even know what any of this means. You just know that you're kind of wandering around life and there's got to be more. And you have no idea that the the God that you're speaking about, Ben, uh, is alive and wants to put you on a path to accomplish more than you could ever hope for, ask, or imagine. Or maybe maybe you're like you today. Maybe the listeners out there like you, Ben, who you just keep sl- feel like you're just slugging through your life almost in mud saying, I want to walk in purpose, but I'm just not getting where I think I'm supposed to go and not really seeing actually what's happening behind the scenes. I think all of us kind of share some connection with somebody in that story, right? Hey, man, you're giving me goosebumps over here, Jeff. This is, man, you're blessing me a lot. This is so encouraging. And I hope I know and I hope that people out there listening can resonate with one of those characters because it's true. It's so real. We, I think we can all fit our lives into one of those guys. I, you know what I, I go back to a lot, uh, Ben, is that, and this just kind of came to me as you were talking, but it's been a story of my life as well, that, you know, my path to purpose is paved with patience. Amen. And if that's a lot, that's a lot of peas in, <laughs> in, in one sentence. But I think sometimes I know for me, like I, I want to run ahead. And, and I've always been an achiever. Like I'm an achiever. I have high competition in my strength finders. And I want to, I just want to, <laughs> it's like I have a performance mindset all the time that I want to outperform or outgun. And I want, I want to be the, the MVP for God's team, you know, that, that yeah. uh, and, and, and he continually reminds me that it's the patience piece of it. And I wonder sometimes, Ben, I love your perspective on this, how, how your story would have changed had God told you the end in the beginning. Oh yeah. Would you have screwed it up? How would you have screwed it up? That's my question to myself. If he told me yeah. the end in the beginning, how would I have screwed up? <laughs> well, I think if you would have told me ahead of time, I wouldn't have believed him. I mean, this story is too crazy. There's, there's a verse um, that's changed my life from the Bible. that says, um, be utterly amazed for, for God is doing something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And so if he would have told me ahead of time, I would have been like, no, that's not possible. I'm, uh, there's no way. And I would have kind of checked out. Or if you would have told me like in the moments this is happening, okay, here's what's going to happen. I probably would have gotten really prideful and I would have been like, oh yeah, look at me. Like, look what I'm doing. I'm that MVP, you know, like look, yes. give me some, give me some accolades. And yes. I think God really shielded me because my, my pride couldn't have handled it. I, I, my, my ego would have taken over and all that. And this, this is a story that just totally shines of God. Like it over and over again, I failed left and right. And it's just all God. And that's the beautiful thing in it. And I think, I think God hides the results from us sometimes because he knows that our character might not be able to handle it at the moment. And we might, might need to mature a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, and I think what's really helpful for people out there today, and I don't care whether you're a CEO listening right now and you've achieved what's quote unquote, the world's pinnacle, or, or, or if you're a struggling 
an unemployed person who just doesn't even know what your next job is. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that what we sometimes perceive as failure is, is part of the process. It's part of the journey that if it doesn't take place, it, the, the dots won't connect. And every piece of that story you shared from your lens in the moment felt like failure, but yet it was exactly orchestrated perfectly for the purpose for all three of you in your life. It's amazing, isn't it? It's so, it's so true. And we, our vision is just so narrow sometimes. Yeah. And even when we think, oh man, I've got, I've, I've got my eyes open. I'm good. Like there's so many bigger things going on and we just, we need to have faith and we need to have trust. And, um, that's really what will carry us through, um, those hard moments when we are doubting in our purpose and all that, just to trust and to know that all things are working for the good and that God is really at work and he does have a purpose for each one of us. You know, it's funny uh, how, how this all this timing works out that you were scheduled on today. And we just had an t- internal team meeting yesterday. And um, I, I kind of had a, re- a vision resetting for the team for, for 2020. And I p- apologize to my team that sometimes I've got into, into off the track and performance mindset of, of helping you know, get more clients and do more speaking engagements and help build the brand and build the business. And I, and I paused everyone and said, that's really not why we started this whole thing. We started this thing to help every single individual that God would put in our path, uh, find, find their why and walk in purpose and and walk in purpose. And even if their what is a sales job or their what is a marketing job or their what is a coach, we don't really care what your what is. I care about that. I can help you uncover your why, because when you get that down, that's where you'll walk in purpose with it. And I think that's how you and I are so connected uh, with that mission, but it's so hard sometimes because our flesh wants us to, 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 to look at the what's in our life. Oh yeah. And forget about the why's. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the what's are, are quantifiable and they're measurable yeah. and it, and it, it gives us check boxes to, to check off and it gives us that sense of accomplishment, but the why is what sustains us. And the why is what carries us through the hard times and carries us through decades of living, of walking this journey. Um, Cause the what's they come and go, but the why like clinging to your purpose that you do have a greater calling. I mean, that's going to carry you through. And that that's something that will last beyond this life too. Absolutely. Boy, that's great. Well, so this story is amazing. And I almost feel like we should just shut it down right there and let people go get, <laughs> let, let, let people go get their Kleenex and, and wipe their eyes and move on. But <laughs> I do think because I want to know more about, you know, Ben Malcolmson and, and where you are today. And t- tell me, tell myself and the audience a little bit, how do you feel like your purpose has helped influence people like Pete Carroll even? Because, you know, God puts you in his life for a reason and, and the staff at USC and now the staff at, 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 with the Seattle Seahawks where you're still there on staff. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you're able to use your purpose in that environment, which isn't always conducive uh, to the kind of, yeah, I guess, faith journey that a lot of us are used to in, in our normal circles. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about achievement performance-based mindset. The NFL is <laughs> is the pinnacle of that where everything is about wins and losses and everything is very black and white. Have you won or have you lost? And so um, in, in the economy of, of the kingdom of God, I think uh, purpose is what is far greater. And that's honestly what's carried me through because if it was just about uh, the what's and just achieving the next thing, it's it is so empty. I mean, we, we won the Super Bowl a few years ago and literally the night we won the Super Bowl, we're sitting in the hotel and every single person's like, I thought this was going to feel better mm. because you reach, you reach the pinnacle of your, your industry, whatever it is. 
and it just you thought it was going to feel better. And then we're, we're having those conversations for days after the Super Bowl. And then someone was like, well, maybe we need, we need to win a second one. Maybe that'll really, that'll mm. make it feel better. So then we go through the whole next season. We make it one yard away from winning a second straight Super Bowl and throw an interception on the, on the goal line against the Patriots. And it, it, I think it hit a lot of people that even if we would have won that game, it, it probably would have felt worse. You know, <laughs> it would have felt mm. worse than the first one. And so it's just a, a total testimony to whatever we're chasing in this world will not satisfy. And um, whether it's money or achievement or accolades, whatever it is, those what's, they will never satisfy. And it's always got to be about this purpose. And this purpose is typically tied to other people. And we're placed in the lives of other people, the people around us, um, for something great. And then um, it's, it's far deeper and far better, honestly, than anything this world could offer. That's awesome. And do you feel like, Ben, that you've been able to, has Pete given you kind of the, the ability to, to influence the culture there with him in yeah, Seattle? Yeah, it, it's been so fun. I mean, I, I've, I've basically grown up with Pete. I was a kid when I started working for yeah. him, 21 years old. And here I am, mid-30s now. And it's just been an incredible run. And through all that, I mean, we've, we've kind of grown together and just formed this amazing partnership and friendship and um, have very parallel thinking and, and just we really have a great synergy. And so um, just being able to, to think together and process together and um, help develop culture and help uh, just flesh out his leadership and all that. I mean, it's just it's been so fun. Um, and I've just been so fortunate to be in the spot I'm in. That's fantastic. And I think Pete's lucky to have somebody like you there uh, riding shotgun with him to help uh, True North stay True North, because I'm sure it can be a challenge even for people as grounded as he seems to be and who he is. Yeah. Um, it's still, it still can be hard. So uh, yeah. can you put a word in for Pete for me and tell him that I have, uh, I'm in my fantasy Super Bowl this weekend <laughs> and I have Chris Carson on my team. So I really need to feed that, feed him the rock as much as possible. Can you give, give that word hey. for me? <laughs> it's supposed to be rainy and cold, so it's not very conducive for uh, passing the ball. So perfect. you might get a lot of touches. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so so um, from uh, next steps for you and your life and your journey and your purpose, uh, Ben, uh, I know you've got your website, uh, benmalcolmson.com. So it's M-A-L-C-O-L-M-S-O-N, benmalcolmson.com. I encourage all of our listeners to go there. Um, but also you've got your book. Your book is called Walk On. Yeah. And, and that's a really probably a deeper, more detailed version of, of, of the story you share with us today. Is there anything about the book you want to share with the audience? Yeah, well, uh, the, we got to share just kind of a, a very quick overview of the story on this podcast, but would love for people to check out the book. And um, I, I wrote it because I think we all need just that nudge to keep pursuing our purpose. And and the title of it is a double meeting. It's obviously walk on. I was a walk on wide receiver, but also just an encouragement to keep walking on in your faith. Just keep taking those steps of faith, trusting that that you do have a purpose, that God has called you to something far greater than you could ever ask or imagine. That's awesome. And I love it from a, as a marketer, whenever I see uh, a, a title or something has a little double entendre action to it, I always <laughs> feel encouraged. So tell us about the movie. They're turning it into a movie. Is that right? Yeah, it's wild. So uh, the, the executive producer from I Can Only Imagine, the Mercy Me movie that came out last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he picked up the rights and he's been working on it for about a year now. And uh, we're hoping in the next uh, couple of years it'll hit theaters. And um, he's making incredible progress on it. And it's just exciting because 
uh, more people need to be encouraged that they do have a purpose, uh, whether they can see it or not in the moment. That's amazing, man. And I, I, I get so fired up when I, when I find people like you out there because we frequently find uh, folks in our workshops. And when I do keynote speaking, I travel around and they just say, well, I, I don't really have a story. I'm like, no, you don't have any idea. You, yeah. every single one of us has a story. Amen. We and, all do. And that's, and that story is, is supposed to be utilized to help encourage someone else on their journey. Right. Amen. And how God has taken even just, look, I'm sure if I sat down with you, you and I could, we could go to happy hour and talk for days about oh, all for the sure. other stories, <laughs> other stories in our lives. But it's so, I love it when I see God take a single story in someone's journey and use it to encourage so many people uh, at one given time. It's just nothing. You, you, you and I know this, but it, it can't be you. It's got to be him, right? That's done this. Yeah. Yeah. And it just speaks to the power of story. I mean, uh, stories hit us in a, in a really unique way and in a way that's different than just reading a, a date or a fact or, or something like that. But a story really resonates in the heart and the heart is where transformation happens. And so, um, I just, we all have a story and, and the story is not over yet for each person listening. That, that's the beautiful thing in it is that there's still chapters to be written. I, I man, that's a great way as we close this thing down is that it, um, I, I had a chance to teach at our church this past Sunday, and I made a comment about if, if you if you ain't dead, you're not done. Exactly. Uh, yep. And that idea that it, whatever, wherever you are out there today, whether you're aspiring to be the next vice president of, of fill in the blank, or whether you're just trying to uh, to get your next job, and you're discouraged and you're frustrated, it's it, you just can't give up, and you got to yep. look beyond yourself and see. What what is my gifts and what are my strengths and, and how are, how is God using those to encourage other people in a meaningful way? And when you find that lane, that's when you'll start to feel a little more purpose driven. As has spent been my experience. That's spot on. So true. Uh, well, any other place to so we have uh, the website Ben, and they can go to Amazon or your website to get the book. Yeah, uh, the movie's coming out soon. Obviously, look for Ben. You probably you've probably decided not to to wander the sidelines anymore. You're probably up in the nice warmth of a, of a booth at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we can look for you on Sundays somewhere. Yeah. Root, root for the Seahawks. <laughs> Rooting for the Seahawks. And um, any other last parting words of wisdom for the audience before you go? Today? Uh, I, I think so. Someone needs to interview you, Jeff. You're, you're a fountain of wisdom and, and just knowledge and revelation. So I hope someone, uh, I hope someone gets to interview you someday for this podcast and you get to share everything you got inside of you. So thank you well, for uh, creating this platform and for sharing the good stuff with the people out there. Yeah, it's my pleasure, brother. Thank you for being on. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure the audience did as well. Really appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. You too, buddy. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.